You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Packernet After Dark Podcast, not the takeover show, the real one, with, with the actual me, and I don't even know who me is at this point, to be completely honest with you, am I TJ or RJ or JJ or Tom or Bruce, I, I don't know, I don't think I have an identity anymore, but we're going we're gonna to figure out whoever this host is is going to answer some questions and uh, respond to who knows what, because I've realized that it's a lot more fun if I don't pay attention to what the calls are before they happen. So with that said, uh, wish me luck, and we're going to get started with Goose. Hey, this is Goose doing the COVID call-in. Just want to know what your go-to routine is when you're sick. What is my go-to routine when I'm sick? <sighs> um, I don't know if I really have one. I feel like there's only two kinds of sick. There's, it's not that bad, suck it up, and then there's, I'm dying. If I'm, like, right now I'm sick. Nothing is deviated at all. In fact, I've been sick, like, twice. I was sick, like, a week ago, and I'm sick today. Nothing has changed in my routine whatsoever. Um, when I get super, super sick, which is once every, like, five years, I just do what I gotta do, I guess. I, I think, I think when I had COVID, I was mostly just tired, so I went to bed kind of early, slept in, you know, just tired, maybe took a nap. I don't really remember. And then the last time before that I was super, super sick was like uh, sleeping all day and then spending a lot of time on the bathroom floor, which we don't need to get into the graphic details, but that's about it. Otherwise, I don't really have like a, a thing that I do when I'm sick. It's my wife tries to pump me full of stuff, but I'm, I'm like that uh, crotchety old man that just kind of rolls his eyes like, okay, whatever. Oh yeah. Get your vitamin C. I'm, I'm, I'm a NyQuil, DayQuil guy. I don't know if any of it really makes a difference, to be honest. I think in a couple of days, it's going to work its way out of my system either way. But I want to just pump as many chemicals into my body as possible. You know, give me, give me the hard stuff. I'm going to wake up and I, you know, my wife kind of gets mad at me because I don't use a measuring cup. I just take swigs. So wake up, take a healthy swig of DayQuil. And then uh, before bed, if I can, you know, if it's not going to conflict with work or whatever, if it's on the weekend a big healthy swig of NyQuil and pass out and uh, just do that for a day or two and sickness usually is gone. Um, I did learn that I cannot save this phone number because it just says from unknown, but you guys know what that means. We got an unknown caller here. Oh, hey there. I'm bad. Need some advice. This is Homestyle One Who. Homestyle. I'm on a date with my hot, hot girlfriend, Mazepan. Why they make crazy? I need advice. <laughs> Help me. I think. Okay. Homestyle 10 out. Alright. Homestyle, man. Um, did you say you're on a date with your hot, hot girlfriend and she drives you crazy and needed advice? Are you breaking up with her on this date? Because that's what we discussed yesterday. You were going to tell her in person that it's not working out and you appreciate her hot hotness, but that, you know, the personality thing is, is, is rough. I don't know how else to help you with that, man. Unless you've decided to stay with her and you, you want to work through what we do about her driving you crazy. Um, hobbies are good. Chores are even better. Hobbies are nice, but she's going to get mad at you for having hobbies because it, it's something that you enjoy that doesn't involve her and she's going to get mad at you about that because you're not allowed to do that. I don't know if you knew that or not. That is, that is relationship 101. Men are not allowed to have hobbies that don't involve their wives slash girlfriends, or they get in trouble. So what you need are, are, you need to develop a healthy relationship with chores. Learn to love mowing the grass. Find something that needs to be done on the roof. You know, you got to go fix it, climb the ladder, go up there and just bring a hammer and, you know, start hammering stuff. 
trim the trees, grocery shopping, you know, go run some errands, stuff like that. You'll figure it out. But uh, take care of their home style, and I wish you the best. Literally have six calls from Justin, so I don't... I don't <laughs> this is getting, it's getting crazy. Six calls from Justin, four from Tom. So we'll see. We'll, we'll start with the first one. We'll see how it goes. And there's no transcription on this one, seemingly for a reason, because it's a butt dial. All right, Justin, attempt number two. Hey, Ryan, Justin. Hey. Hey, uh, what the heck, man? What's with the Thomas Austin takeover thing? I don't know. Um, called in. Wasn't you. Oh, Managed right. to get over it and move on, but I'm just saying. Um, slightly irritated about that. I apologize. I apologize. Also, I have a question for you. I've been hanging out here on Packernet Podcast for uh, a couple weeks now, and you've rightly assessed that JJ is a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and so I've had a lot of Packer exposure lately, and I find myself kind of caring about certain Packer items. So uh, my question is, is it possible for someone to become a fan if they just simply keep hanging out with the, a fan base? of some sort, not just any fan base, but specifically a well-educated fan base that would have the ability to get somebody fired up about certain things. You know, when I hang out with JJ and talk to him, when I hang out on Packernet podcast, you guys are fired up about stuff. You're excited about stuff happening. So I'm I'm getting information that is kind of easy to get excited about. So that's my question. You know, if someone was, uh, if I just started hanging out with like the Buffalo Bills fan base, and it was to the same caliber and level as what I'm experiencing right now, do you think that someone could just switch? Now, I realize that's kind of a touchy subject because you guys are Packers, like, down to your core. So that might even be an insulting question just asking about. So anyway, don't hate don't hate me, man. Just answer the question. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, you rightly assess that. That um, I, I can't really comprehend that. Um, when I hear other fans bragging even intelligibly about their fan fandom and their team. It just kind of annoys me and it makes me want to argue with them. Um, so, so, I mean, it's, you're just in a different headspace than me or anybody that I know. Cause when you're a fan of a team, it's like your family. You can't change it. There's nothing I can do. I can, I could never in my life choose to be a fan of a different team. It's in my DNA. So yeah, talking to other people or listening to other people, I don't know. But you you have made it very clear you're a free agent, and so yeah, I don't I don't know the process of because people ask that question all the time. So obviously a lot of people have gone through this. But how did you become a Packer fan? And there's all kinds of stories out there about well, I, you know, this one day, you know, Little Wayne's story I think is pretty funny. He grew up in a household that had like Packer cups because when the Packers won the Super Bowl is down in New Orleans, so his his dad I think had a bunch of Packer gear from that, and it just kind of stuck. There's other people that later in life became Packer fans for whatever reason, especially look at people in Europe or whatever. They decide they kind of like football and they got to decide what team that they're going to be a fan of. So I don't know what it takes. I don't know what that would would entail as far as becoming a fan of a team that you aren't already a fan of. But I was born and bred into this. So I I, I am not able to help you in that regard. So what else you got for us? Ryan, I realized after my last call to you, my last question, whatever you want to call it, it may have the appearance that I'm like a Packer fan, though. I just wanted to clear. It doesn't give that appearance. That I'm not a Packer fan. Okay, I've just been enjoying listening to information and and hanging out on Packernet podcast. So I just wanted to clear that up. So we're good. I got it, Justin. What else? Hey, Ryan. Justin here. Hey, guys. man. What's up? Um, my question is, um, have you ever been around some people, whether they were just football community fans or just family, whatever? You didn't know them super well, but you definitely know them. And they say something that strikes you funny. And so you start laughing because you're pretty positive that was a joke. And then they were actually like dead serious. And now they're like, you know, their feelings are all hurt over it. My question is, if that's happened to you, that's the first question. And then follow up. And this could be the end of the call right here. If it did happen to you, how did you navigate that and deal with that? Did you care enough about that person and relationship to try to mend it? Or were you just like, (laughs) Uh, now it's double down funny that you actually got mad about it. So anyway, let me know how you think about that. You guys take your relationships very seriously. I appreciate that. Uh, I would definitely be in the second camp of just, you need to get over it. Um, I don't think that's happened in a football context. I'm sure at some point in my life that's happened where I laugh and it's, it's not meant to be a joke. I don't know. I, I, um, 
I'm the kind of person where nothing is is very serious, and I don't really like it when people take everything super seriously. I just don't get along with people like that. I've had to learn that there are other people in the world that that do take things very seriously. Like when I met my wife, for example. I was fresh out of college where I lived with a bunch of dudes. And dudes in general kind of act that way. They, everything's a big joke. Everything's sarcasm. Everything's funny. Everything's, everything is understood to be just kind of a joke. And nothing is that serious. And nobody really gets angry about anything because everyone's just an idiot acting like an idiot. And everything's kind of a joke, but also nothing's really a joke. And everything's just kind of this big, jokey, goofy, weird thing that nobody has to take seriously. So, you know, I, I can't imagine I've been in too many of those situations. And if it did come up, I would probably just say, oh, I thought, I thought that was a joke. Like, no, I'm serious. And then I'd probably just lay into him like, well, that should be a joke because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But go on. You know what I mean? I, 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 again, it's just, don't be so serious all the time. People need to lighten up. That's why everybody's at everybody's throat all the time because everything's so serious. Like, just chill out. Bunch of freaks. I don't mean you, Justin. I'm just saying in general. Like, like if, if you laugh at something and somebody's actually offended, I, I, I don't care. And I'm going to push the issue. Because if you really want to take it there, I'm fine with that. Because I don't want to deal with people like that anyways. I just don't. Like, I'm just trying to relax. I'm trying to have a good time. I'm listening to your really stupid story that I don't want to have to listen to. And now you're mad at me because of how I listen to your story. Leave me alone. If you want to stop telling your story, walk away, and never discuss anything with me again, that would be the greatest gift that any human being could ever give me. So please follow through with that. I think things should be fun. And if you're going to converse with me, it should be a fun topic or a funny topic. You know what I mean? Don't tell me serious things that are stupid, that are hard to even tell if you're being serious. I just can't handle it. It's too much. Um, all right, let's get through Justin's final call of his first batch of calls. Ryan, it's you-know-who again. Yep, you got it. It's Justin. Um, hey, couple episodes ago, you said call call volume was picking up, and you might not have time to get to stuff. So I wanted to offer my calls up for the choppy block if you got to cut something, because I actually enjoy hearing other people's calls too. So I don't want to be accused of being like a uh, after dark, you know, call hog. So feel free to cut as needed. Thanks. Bye. Fair enough, Justin. I appreciate that. Let's get to Tom's first call. Hello. Thomas Austin, officially the host of the Thomas Austin Show and new co-host of Packing It After Dark. None of that is real. Uh, I got a, uh, I, I had a request uh, to talk to JJ about Justin. So, yeah, JJ, get on that. All right. So these three questions are a little, uh, not necessarily op- the normal. 30 seconds in. 30 seconds. I'm going to put you on a timer, Thomas. I'm going to put you on a timer. You got 10 seconds to get to your first question, or we're moving to the next caller. Mr. Co-host of the universe. Um, The wife edition. Yes. Uh, Question number one, my wife asked me to ask you, uh, why isn't football played a year yearly? Mm -hmm. Like, full year round. I tried to explain to her, but she's like, no, I don't want you Tried to what? To explain it. I want him to. And I felt a little sad. <laughs> but anyway, moving past that. Um, so this morning, uh, I took a shower, get ready for work. I used a towel. Tom, I'm so scared to hit play here. I'm so worried. Is this still the first part of the question, or are we on to question two? Or are we just going to discuss your shower habits? Apparently, what I did was use the wrong towel, use uh-huh. the decorative towel. Um, has your wife... Okay, so that's question two. Uh, question one, first of all, don't feel bad. All wives do that. It's the worst, most demoralizing thing ever. Um, that thing where you're like, hey, I have an idea of what we can do. We should just do this. And then they're like, no, that's stupid, and you're stupid. That's not what they say, but that's how it feels as a man. And then you're like, whatever. And then maybe a week or a month later one of their girlfriends or possibly their dad or even worse, some other random guy came up with this suggestion, which is exactly what you suggested. And they're like, isn't that a great idea? And it's, yeah. So don't feel bad. That's just, that's just normal. They are for some reason predisposed to uh, think that you are a complete idiot, probably because they live with you. Um, I don't mean just you. I mean, with us 
And so they've, they've judged rightly that we don't know what we're doing. But anyways, um, why don't they do it year-round? Injuries, you know, just a very physical game. I wish they did because it would give me something to do the rest of the year and we wouldn't have off-seasons and it'd be glorious. But I, I, I guess the anticipation is also kind of a good thing, you know? If it was all year round, I might even get sick of it. I doubt it feels like that's impossible, but who knows that might happen. But yeah, it's it's too physical. Uh, even adding one game, they're kind of concerned about whether players will be able to hold up and all that. So that would be what it is. Uh, let's finish question two. Ever threatened uh, to <laughs> physically maim you over something that you at the time didn't know was important to her? And then... Uh... I don't think decorative towel, but yeah, stuff like that happens kind of a lot. You know, where where you get that question that's kind of like, why would you do that? And you think about it and you're like, it never would have even crossed my mind ever to consider that to be a thing literally ever. And sometimes it's like, yeah, that that is kind of crazy that I did that and I don't know why I didn't even think about it. And other times it's like, you are crazy for thinking that I would think of that, but also you're crazy for thinking that, period, because it you know, like the decorative towel thing. Fortunately, we don't have those. It's not an issue in our home. I don't think. Maybe they are. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I, I see a piece of cloth hanging there. What other purpose would it have? By the way, no offense to the decorative towel crowd, but it doesn't look that good. You know, I mean, if you're going to decorate, why a towel? You know, it'd be like having orange juice in the fridge and then you got like apple juice in the fridge and you drink the apple juice. It's like, what did you do? It's like, I'm drinking some apple juice. Like, well, you don't drink that. That's the decorative apple juice. You drink the orange juice. What are you talking about? Like there's some juice that I put in the fridge because it makes the fridge look good. And then there's some juice I put in the, in there to drink. Like it feels like a trap, you know, I feel like that, that is a trap that women place around the house to get guys in trouble. Like I'm going to put this here that has a function, a towel, which is used to dry your hands. I'm going to put it right where you put towels, and I'm going to put it in the room where you use towels. And if you use a towel for the purpose that towels are to be used, that I'm hanging in a towel place, in a room in which you need towels, you will get in trouble. It's like a decorative coat hanging on the coat rack. Did you just take that coat outside and use it and get it dirty with air from outside? Excuse me, that's an inside coat. That's a trap. Um... And again, I, I, I can't think of anything specifically like that, but I'm sure there's things that happen like that pretty much daily. Uh, continuing. Uh, this show is going to get me in so much trouble, by the way. Next question. Tom. Final question for this little, this little thing is, um, she also asked, why do reps just random, sometimes randomly throw the yellow flag? Because she watched the same thing I watched, and she's like, I don't know why that rest through that flag. So, if you could explain that to her, that'd be... Do you just not want to talk to your wife? Is that what this is? You just you just don't want to talk to her? <laughs> like, <laughs> my wife saw him throw a flag and was like, why did they do that so randomly? And you're like, I don't know, call call this show and he can tell you about it. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's called a penalty flag, and when somebody breaks the rules, you throw it. Now, granted, um, they usually don't do a good job of doing that, but that's the intended purpose. The red flag is called a challenge flag. If the coach looks at what a ref did when he threw the flag and said, nope, that's stupid, you shouldn't do that, then he throws his own flag, and then they have to review the first flag to see if the first flag was warranted, and sometimes they get that wrong, and then then it's just a big cluster, and it, it doesn't really matter. But those, those, those are the intents of the flags. Um, Tom, let's go with your second call. Tom? Putting you on a timer, dude. Tom. Tom. Tom, are you there? Still playing. The bike going cross hey. country, brother. And then after that, brother, I want to hear you tell me which wrestler from the eighties would you like to see on the team, brother, brother. And then after that, brother, let me hear you give me a reason why okay. brother. You got green. You got gold, brother. I got I know you got it in you, dude. You got this, brother, brother, brother. I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> I think I think I heard a question in there somewhere. 
and said going on a bike across the country, which is probably why he had no reception. You can wait until you get home, Tom. Okay? You can wait until you get back. Uh, Let me read the transcription. That's how I knew that something was coming because there's words here. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's going to say something at some point. In the bike, going across country, brother, and then after that, brother, I want to hear you. Tell me which wrestler from the 80s would you like to see on the team, brother, brother. And then after that, brother, let me hear you. Give me a reason why. My brother, you got green, you got gold, brother, is the uh, the transcription we have available to us. <sighs> and I really hate that I like this question. Um, I was a big fan of wrestling back in the day. Uh, Jake the Snake... Big fan, Hulk, obviously, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Andre the Giant, Ric Flair, Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'm not sure which of these guys kind of jumped in in the 90s, because I was probably more of a 90s, you know, guy, but um, I really did like Jake the Snake, though. I don't know why. I was just a big fan of his. But if I got to put a wrestler on the team, I'm I'm sort of leaning Randy Savage a little bit. The dude is so jacked up. First of all, he's jacked, period. But he kind of has that... He looks like he would have been a football player in like the 70s for sure. You know what I mean? I think he could play a linebacker. Although the the right answer is probably... um, It it has to be Andre the Giant, right? I mean, literally a physical phenom. The the amount of power that is in that man's body. It's funny because if you look at a picture of him, like his arms, granted, this is... His the physical size of his arm is probably the size of my body, but I mean he doesn't look muscular at all. It's just that he's massive, and I just feel like you put him on the defensive line and he would just walk right through people, with no technique, nothing. He would stand up and just push people right out of his way. So that would have to be the right answer, and that's the best I can do with that uh, question. I guess you would call it. Let's hear from uh, Bramble. See what he's got going on. I just got done listening to some attempted on the podcast, the Packer Podcast Radio Network. And I just got to say, Clayton Bixby, who do you think you are? (laughs) Clayton, you got a question on the show. Justin's back. Ryan, what is your least favorite slash most annoying NFL rule in the regular season? So I'm not talking overtime rules, just regular season rules that um, that irritates you the most? And would you eliminate completely, or would you just simply revise it and um, change it in some fashion? Thanks, bye. Um, I mean, there's a lot of them that annoy me, but it probably has more to do with the way in which it's enforced that kind of annoys me. Um, anything to do with the quarterback really is annoying, but I think the one that is just inexcusable in my mind in terms of the fact that it's a rule and absolutely shouldn't be and it should be altered without question is the rule in which if you fumble out of bounds in the end zone the other team gets the ball i just don't understand that if you fumble at the one yard line and it goes out at the one yard line you're at the one yard line right if it's a 50 yard run and you fumble at the one yard line and it goes out you're at the one yard line if you fumble and it bounces just a, an, an inch in the other direction, goes into the end zone and bounces out, the other team gets it at the 25-yard line? That doesn't make sense to me. There's a lot of different things you can do. You can call it a, a dead play. Maybe you could even leave it up to the team. You can go back to the 25. In other words, you keep the ball at the 25 or just replay the down or, or loss a down or whatever. You know, So if, if it's second and three, second and goal from the three-yard line, and you do that, you probably just take the loss of down, call it third and three. If it was that 50-yard run, you would probably just take it at the 25. You know, you lost a bunch of that yardage, but hey, whatever, we'll take it. I, I, I don't know. I'm making this up off the top of my head, but it doesn't make any sense. The other team didn't recover the ball. It went out of bounds. If it goes out of bounds anywhere else, the other team doesn't get the ball. And so I... I, I <laughs> If anything, it's a touchdown because when the ball goes out of bounds, you get the ball right there. But I'm, I'm granting that, okay, we're not just going to give somebody a touchdown because they fumbled and it went out of the bounds in the end zone. But giving it to the other team and giving them the ball in the 25 makes absolutely no sense to me. They got to figure something else out, anything else out. Put them on the one-yard line. We can't give you a touchdown, but you fumbled it basically here, so we're going to give it to you on the one-yard. I'd be fine with that. That rule just absolutely makes no sense to me. Uh, we got a new caller. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan, this is Trevor in Virginia. Um, like in the Packernet After Dark, 
Um, with with uh, Romeo Dobbs looking so good in camp, you know, as early as next year, we could be seeing uh, Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs. It seems like Love to Romeo. I think there's a lot of potential there. I can already hear the word play in the media, you know, something like uh, Romeo is love struck or something like that. also seems like a great opportunity for uh, another Packernet shirt if that connection really starts to heat up here in the future. Uh, let me know who you think. Love the show. Bye. That is a great call. I mean, it's it's you know, it feels like a play on words, but it, it it feels like fate, you know, like it was meant to be. And that is a great catch, by the way. I do think that that would be a uh, it's such a waste if that doesn't become a thing. If Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs does not become a prominent duo in the future, it is a massive waste of of everything. There's no point to the NFL if we can't have simple things like that. Anyways, we're going to take a break here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Only two of those seven are Tom. None of them are Justin. So um, actual other people. Anyways, before we take a break, I want to remind you really quickly about pristineauction.com. They are the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site with an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. That's a fun thing to say. They got a ton of uh, sports and and, uh, NFL memorabilia that you can buy. Over 1,000 autographed items on their day, and their uh, website. Just recently sold a Justin Herbert jersey for $110. They got incredible deals that start at just a dollar. They've got just about every single player that you can think of, including guys like Quay Walker. Speaking of, head over to pristineauction.com, use promo code ROGERS. You're not only going to get $10 off your first item, but you will be entered to win a signed Quay Walker jersey. So remember, head over to pristineauction.com. Use promo code ROGERS. You're going to get $10 off your first item and be entered in to win a signed Quay Walker's jersey. We're taking a break, so use this opportunity to click the link in the description and go sign up right now. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, ma'am. Um, really enjoyed the training camp day five overview podcast this morning. And that got me to thinking about something. Um, tacos. Yes. Yeah, tacos. All right. I say, if a man wants to eat tacos for dinner every night of the week, more power to him. Right. Three meals a day, even. Thank you. Every day. Heck yeah. Because breakfast tacos are amazing. They are. Lunch tacos are a thing. Amazing. And things. we've already discussed dinner. <laughs> I mean, if God didn't want us to eat tacos every day. Why did he make them so delicious? Right. Huh? Right. Yeah, I know, right? right? Also, so, if someone says you can't eat tacos as often as you want, get rid of them. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. Boom. All right. 
Boom. Go Pack Go. I'll keep listening. John. I like John. I, I just get a daily taco pep talk from John every day. I appreciate that. I was I was just thinking to myself, I got to have something else for dinner tonight. And you know what? Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't. Or maybe I will because I do whatever I want. And nobody's going to tell me that I can't have tacos whenever I want. Let's get to uh, Nico. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. This is Nico from Idaho again. Uh, What's up? Long-time listener, second-time caller. Hey, so uh, just turned on the TV in our lobby today for our customers. And what happens to come on? Good old Roadhouse. Ew. I, like you, have never seen it. So I was like, huh. I'll try to catch what I can, and I'm catching bits and pieces in between, you know, customers jumping in front of my face. Yeah. And I got to say, I don't know what's more impressive. Uh, his, and by his, I mean Patrick Swayze, his inability to actually look like he knows Kung Fu uh-huh. or his hair, because that's, to me, that's like Rambo style mullet. That's classic. Yeah. I love it forever. I get it. Um, but I don't know. The movie is. So cheesy. And I'm sure some movies stand the test of time. This one, uh, although clearly doesn't. Sorry, Clayton. Uh, I know you and your crazy uncles that, you know, say funny, goofy, southern things. They're going to get mad. But uh, I'm sure back in 89, it was awesome. It's bad outdated right now. But, hey, uh, love the show. Uh, and uh, Roadhouse, I don't know if I could stomach watching it from start to finish. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, go back, though. Yeah, I, I really feel like, I keep saying I got to watch Roadhouse, but I know it's going to be bad, right? I, I know that if I had watched it back in like 1992, you know, if my dad was like, hey, check this out and popped in a Roadhouse VHS, I'd been like, dude, that's a sweet movie, man. I'm sure I would have loved it back in the day as a kid. If I watch it today, I'm going to hate it. So I don't know that people should be pushing me to watch it because it's not going to help things. So at this point, Aside from the fact that I already saw the summary, which was stupid, I can look at pictures and be like, dude, Swayze was jacked. Swayze was the man. And we can just leave it at that. You know, Swayze was Swayze was awesome. Swayze was the dude, man. You know, uh, we should probably just leave it at that. Nico, you got a follow up for me? Hey, it's Nico again. Sorry to bother you. I know how annoying it could be when someone just calls over and over <laughs> and over. <clears throat> but um, I got I to call back because Sam Elliott's in the movie also. I didn't know. But he doesn't have a huge mustache. Huh. I'm not used to seeing Sam Elliott without like a four inch mustache. I don't think I would have noticed past his chin, So yeah. I don't know what to feel about that. Just-, just another reason never to watch that. It's it's not meant to be watched, period. Doesn't look he sounds like Sam Elliott, but it doesn't look like him because he doesn't have a squirrel tail glued under his nose. So I don't know what to do with Sam Elliott with no mustache. He's got like nine o'clock shadow, but not a huge mustache. So it's really creepy. So that's that just that just makes it even worse. So, but again, sorry, Clayton. Uh, please make this much puppies and you'll feel better. The the funny thing about that is I bet he was in a movie the next week with a full mustache because I I have a feeling he grows that full mustache in about four days. That's it, about all it takes for him to grow that. All right, John's on the line. What's going on, brother man? All right, ma'am. Um, last call. I uh. I assure you this is G-rated or maybe PG-rated. It's a story about why I love the Green Bay Packers. All right. Making me nervous. So but all Aaron right. Rodgers walks into a bar with oh, his no. pet monkey. Oh, no. Just hear me out. All right. He orders a drink. While he's drinking, the monkey jumps all over the place, eating everything behind the bar. Okay. Then the monkey jumps onto the pool table and swallows a billiard ball. Oh, no. The bartender screams at Rodgers. Hey, man, your monkey just ate the cue ball off my pool table. Right. Hole. Sorry, says Rogers. He's everything in sight, the little jerk. Yeah. I'll pay for everything. You know I'm good for it. Rogers finishes his drink, pays, takes the monkey, and leaves. Two weeks later, Aaron's back in the bar with his pet monkey. Oh, boy. He orders a drink. Here we go. The monkey starts running around the bar. The monkey finds a maraschino cherry on the bar. Oh, boy. He grabs it, pokes it up his butt, okay. then pulls it out and eats it. Okay. The bartender is disgusted. Did you see what your monkey just did? Yeah, says Rogers. He still eats everything in sight, but ever since he swallowed that cue ball, he measures everything first. <laughs> and that's why I love the Green Bay Packers. I feel like I've learned nothing about you, but I've learned so much about you, John. 
I, I haven't grown any closer to understanding why you like the Packers, but I'm I'm starting to starting to maybe understand you a little bit, John. Ah, <laughs> oh, is that PG? I guess that's PG, right? I don't even know. Seems a little graphic for PG. I'm 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 gonna bump that up to PG thirteen, man. It's a good thing we're on the After Dark show. <sighs> all right, all right. We got we got a couple Thomas Austins coming up, so let's see what we got here. Hello, Ryan. What's up? This is Thomas Austin with a couple of questions <laughs> for the evening. Ten seconds. Question number one. There we go. If there was a position that the Packers for the rest of our lives could not miss on, what mm-hmm. would you prefer it to be? Quarterback. Any position. Think about it, too, because I know a lot of people would be like, oh, obviously, quarterback. Right. Well, I mean, as good as that it would be, there's a couple other options that would be very valid. The only drawback to quarterback would be if you nail the position, you got a quarterback for 30 years, and then, you know, then what? You know what I mean? He, he's going to be there for a long time. Whereas if you look at a position, especially like wide receiver, because not only do you need them and you need them more often, but you need a bunch of them, right? You can be the Arizona Cardinals and go five wide and just be stacked. See, now you got me thinking. Quarterback is the right answer, but it might not be it might not be the right answer. Because none of this matters if you don't have a quarterback, and you're always going to be decent enough if you have a quarterback, right? If, if you can promise me that the next time when Rodgers leaves, we're going to have another quarterback, we'll be fine. And for those 30 years, we'll at least be in contention. And, and for a while, we'll have you know occasionally a good defense, occasionally a good offense mixed in between. But you just promised me Aaron Rodgers for the rest of forever. I will take that, and that's probably what I would take. And, and by the way, we're probably going to be hitting on some backup quarterbacks as well and we could you know trade them away or whatever you know you draft another quarterback just because you know i mean just think when the the next pat mahomes comes around they're probably not going to fall to the packers but if they do you think we're going to draft them of course we are and then we can trade them and recoup a bunch of stuff and take a swing at a, a couple things but i could certainly see the merits of other positions pass rusher um offensive line actually makes a ton of sense if you talk about if you start thinking about um like versatility if you if i were to say tackle for example because not only do we need two tackles, but you can get tackles that, if you get a really good tackle, they could probably play guard. You know, some of them, you get that versatility. Maybe you find, and we'll just have dominant offensive lines forever and great backups. Because there's a lot of good offensive linemen all throughout the draft. That's another thing to keep into consideration is positions that you can hit at multiple points in the draft. Because if it's just positions that you can only get in the first round, like quarterback for the most part, then you're kind of wasting that special superhero ability. Because there might only be one or two good quarterbacks in the entire draft, and you might not even get them by the time they get there, and it was a waste of, of that talent. But if it's a position where you're just crushing it every single time and you can get one in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, if they exist, then you know you're going to get them. Mm. So tackle, wide receiver, corner, pass rusher, defensive tackle, I guess. A lot of options. I'm still probably sticking with quarterback. But if I had to do another, man, wide receiver is so tempting just because it would be so amazing to have just five top tier wide receivers on the team, like at all times. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, the tackle thing is probably the right answer, but that would be pretty sweet, man. It would be. I'm just going to leave it hanging there. And if you found an answer in that, then, then run with it. Uh, question number two is, uh, how'd you like that, uh, podcast? Trash. I loved it. It was. I'm just kidding. I, I I told the the guys already it was pretty good. I don't want you thinking like, oh, he actually hated it. No, I I, I thought it was funny. I was scared to death uh, when I saw. I was just recording. I think it was this or the other podcast. I don't really remember. And um, I think Clayton tagged me, said you might want to see this, and I saw Thomas Austin take over or something like that. And I was like, oh, what is this? And then JJ was like blowing up my phone, like you need to check Twitter. You got to get on Twitter. I'm like, I already saw it, man. And he kept asking me about it and stuff. And I'm like, I like, should I stop doing the podcast and go listen to it? Is this something like seriously bad that's going on? And I, and, and I'll admit the intro was amazing. The first like 10 seconds, I was really scared. Cause I was like, this seems really cheesy and I'm scared, but it kind of, once you guys settled in, I thought it was, I thought it was really, fun. There, there, there were some great one-liners in there for sure. Next question. 
great. Of course, I'm talking about the Tom Austin show. No, I get it. Starring me, Tom Austin. Got it. Uh, and last question is, so now that uh, we both uh, run this <laughs> specific podcast, uh, how do you feel about your new co-host? Not my co-host. Love to hear your thoughts. All right. Bye. Have a good one. Yeah, no, it's uh, that's not a thing. But, um, I mean, I guess in a sense you're like a co-host because, you know, there, there are people that call in, but that would be everybody that calls in would, would kind of be like a co-host, like on, on an equal footing, not like me and then like you on, on that same plane and then everybody else that calls in is just like, a, kind of a, no, no, it's, it's me and then there's all the people that call in that we could maybe call co-hosts, which would include you if we wanted to, if we wanted to say that, could do that. Let's get to our next caller. Caller, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Clayton here from Packers Girl Access, man. Just want to shoot you a quick call. First of all, you guys are absolutely crushing Packer Net After Dark, man. Hands down, my favorite pod going right now. I want to say thank you, but I just, I'm just i scared that there's something sarcastic coming up, so I'm just going to I'm just gonna bite my tongue and see where this is going. I had a question for you, though, dude. I know you were a big Zach coming out of college, right? Him coming out of college, not you. That was way too long. But... <laughs> Are you buying the hype, man? You're hearing good things, you know, in camp. Are you, you know... I'm pretty sure it broke up there, but I'm pretty sure he's referring to Zach Tom. As excited as you were when the draft pick was made, more excited, do you think he's got a legitimate shot to break into the lineup? And I know, of course, David Bakhtiari, you know, we're, we're all hoping he's going to be healthy, and if he is, does Tom slide into that offensive line anywhere else, whether it's, you know, left guard, right guard, if indeed Elton Jenkins is playing right. Um, it kind of feels like he's cut from the same cloth of Elton Jenkins. Maybe I'm buying too much of the hot. But, you know, it's something that, you know, like when Elton came in, we couldn't deny him, right? I mean, he immediately was thrust into the starting lineup. So, just want to get your take, man. Get a foot out there on Tom. Man, boy, are you kind of seeing it the same way I am with the uh, the amount of playing time he's getting here early on in camp. Take care, Kyle. Appreciate everything you do. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you, Clayton, for uh, for not taking that somewhere dark like I thought, especially considering all the the Clayton slander that's been going on in this show, which is not my fault. I mean, it's a little bit my fault. I'm, but I'm just feeding off the Roadhouse energy. I you know I I don't want to talk about it. It's just people bring it up, and I I give my honest opinion because that's what I do here. Uh, yes, I I was I, I I will very proudly stand up and say that I was on the Zach Tom bandwagon. However, I was very late to that bandwagon. The the only reason I'm you know super proud of it is because there was basically nobody on the bandwagon. I went over and I looked at what SIS had to say about um, Zach Tom, and they had a bunch of different stats and all this, and Zach Tom was at like the top of every single stat, and I'm like, I've never heard this guy's name before. Who is this? So I just kept digging in and digging in and digging in, and so that's kind of how I became, in the last like two, three weeks of the draft process, I think, became a, a fan of Zach Tom. And um, you could see, I think, when we did the the video, when we were doing the, the roundtable or whatever, I'll have to try to dig that up. If he ends up becoming like a great player or whatever, that'll be played on a loop daily. But um, I think I was even calling for him saying that, I, you know, before the pick came up, that's who I really wanted them to pick. And then when it happened, I was all jacked up about it. But as far as is his usage on the team, I, I am kind of buying into it. Um, again, they are really hammering him at tackle. He's getting as much time at tackle as Yash Nyman. And I don't think anybody else has gotten more time than Zach Tom. Uh, he's gotten more than Royce because Royce has spent so much time at guard. He's gotten more than Cole Van Lannen because he's even getting opportunities ahead of Cole, and Cole is even now starting to get guard snaps. And so they've started using Zach Tom on the right side as well as the left side, and there's kind of a positive and a negative thing here. You brought up the question of, let's say all the guys come back, what does that do for Zach Tom? Are they going to try him somewhere else? I kind of am leaning toward no, which is weird because they really like him and why not, but the fact that they're not using him there at all, it feels like if if you are really concerned about him, you know, like we really like him, we really, we really want to use him, we want to give him a shot at, at guard, which they may at some point, they would have done it by now. They are exclusively keeping him at tackle. They really like him at tackle. They give him more and more opportunities and better and better opportunities all the time. I think the positive there is it's, well, it's, it's exactly what we're saying. Why not? Why wouldn't you do that? You know that he's not going to win the tackle job over over the starting guys. Why not give him an opportunity to win a guard spot? And the only thing I can think is because they like him so much at tackle. They like what they've seen so much, and they genuinely believe he could be the future at tackle. 
Now, it's very early to be talking like this, but again, you can shuffle up anybody anywhere. And I'm sure at some point he'll be getting guard reps or center reps at some point because you want to give him those. Even Elton Jenkins, like you said, has has played all along the offensive line. You're going to want to cross-train him to some extent at some point, but it's, it's shocking to me. And again, remember, Sean Ryan, we took one round earlier. I have not heard his name hardly at all this entire offseason. I, I think he took second team right guard snaps like one of the preseasons or, or one of these training camps. I've seen it once. I have very rarely heard his name since. So it's not as though, well, obviously, obviously nothing. They don't have to play him anywhere. They like Yash. They like Royce. They like Cole Van Landen at tackle. They don't have to put Zach Tom ahead of him and, and consistently and all the time. If he's not ready and they don't think he can do it, they wouldn't put him there. They are, and they're keeping him there because they really want to get him caught up to speed. And that's the other thing. He's getting so much time. You get the impression that they really want him ready, like quickly. He's out there for first team left tackle reps, and then the second team comes out and they keep him on the field. He is getting a massive amount of work at tackle, especially left tackle. So I'm buying into the hype train so much so that I think it's possible that he ends up winning the job over Yash. If he wins the job over Yash, he may be playing week one tackle. Even if David Bakhtiari is back, it's entirely possible he ends up playing right tackle. If Bakhtiari isn't back, it might be because they want Yash at right tackle and Zach Tom at left tackle. That may be what they're preparing him for. Because the alternative, and this may be a reflection more of just getting the best guys on the field, not because Zach Tom is this elite player that's so much better than Yash already and all that stuff, but think about if, if, if he's not ready and, and Bakhtiari and Jenkins aren't ready week one. You're putting Yash at left tackle. You're probably kicking Royce over to right tackle, which is not what you want. And then you got to find somebody else to fill in for Royce's spot. They would much rather have Royce stay at right guard, have Yash go over to right tackle and put Roy, uh, Zach Tom at left tackle. The, the alternative there would be putting Cole Van Landen at right tackle. But again, it seems to me they really want Zach Tom to be ready. Why else are you not using him anywhere else? What does it matter if this is a red shirt year? Why wouldn't you try him at guard? Maybe he could beat Royce at guard. Why aren't you giving him that opportunity? This late in, right? We're, we're, we're closing in on two weeks full of training camp already, and he has not taken, from, from my understanding, a single snap at guard. The only thing I can think is, number one, I know they really like him. Number two, they are exclusively putting him at tackle because they really like him at tackle, but the amount of time he's been getting at tackle, both left and right, but especially left, first team and second team, really gives me the impression they're trying to get him up to speed really gives me the impression that they think it's possible that he could be the guy. I'm not talking about when Elton and, and Bakhtiari come back, obviously, but he they want him ready to be next man up. And if he can really grasp that, it's not impossible that, as I said, even if David Bakhtiari comes back, maybe Zach Tom is our guy. It's probably a little too early for that, but that, that has been one of the more surprising developments because you just don't see a lot of stuff like that. They're not going to rush anybody. You know, Devontae Wyatt, he's slowly starting to get worked in, but he's not getting pushed ahead of anybody. Enigbar, he's not getting pushed in front of anybody. And remember, Zach Tom's a fourth-round pick. He's, he's a, he's a mid-round pick. It's not as though he's a first-round guy like Devontae. Devontae Wyatt's a first-round pick, and they're slowly easing him in as, as like DT5. But Dobbs and Zach Tom are the two guys that, you know, that's the other thing with Dobbs. It, it's not just a matter of he's looked really good. He seems like he's exclusively playing against Stokes. You would expect to see a lot more, just occasionally, Dobbs beating up on, on who? Um, Shamar Jean Charles. I don't think I've seen that once. Keandre Thomas, KB and Ento, Dante Vaughn, Rico Gafford. I, I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's been a couple, but I've, I've seen that for Randall Cobb. I've seen Sammy Watkins beat these guys. I've seen Joan Winfrey beat these guys. Why is Romeo exclusively, almost exclusively going up against Stokes? Preparation. Because it's not just a matter of, you know, evaluation and learning the walkthroughs. There are certain people that really need to get brought up to speed really quickly. Romeo Dobbs makes a lot of sense. We, we need help. You know, Sammy's got to get brought up to speed, but plus we don't really trust his health, and Christian Watson's probably not going to be ready, and we don't really know what we have in Amari. And so we got Lazard, we got Cobb, and we got Sammy, who we don't think is going to make it. We got to have somebody that can step up. They're putting him through the ringer. And they're doing the same thing with Zach Tom. And again, they're not doing it with Sean Ryan at all. Very rarely have heard his name. I've heard George Moore's name more than I've heard Sean Ryan's name. I've heard Michael Manette's name and Jake Hansen's name more than I've heard Sean Ryan's name. But Zach Tom, no, you're going to be tackle. First team, left tackle, right tackle. Second team, left tackle, right tackle. You're staying on the field at tackle. 
there's a reason for it. So yes, I'm buying it. And, and you know, we'll see. I, I don't, I don't know what's going to materialize and it doesn't necessarily mean he's David Bakhtiari day one, but they feel that he's the kind of guy that they want to be ready to play period. And whether or not he's, he's better than Yash, worse than Yash, whatever, they see something that has them believe that, that this is a guy we need to get ready. So that has me very excited. And again, not super surprising. I, I had made the comment that I could see him going in the... I would have been happy if we'd have taken him in the second round. And based on all the statistics from SIS about him in college, he's one of the premier run blocker, pass blocker. I mean, just a phenomenal tackle. I think his size probably freaks some people out, being a little bit smaller, um, especially if he's going to play guard. I think that was kind of a concern. And maybe he's not big enough to play tackle, and he's not big enough to play, you know, not not tall and long enough to be tackled, not big enough to be guard. I don't really know what all the concerns were, but the same thing with David Bakhtiari. He was, his arms are too short. That's why he can't play tackle. That's a, an annual tradition of, you know, the media guys carving up offensive tackles who don't have long enough arms. And David Bakhtiari jumps on social media and is like, oh, really? Look at what they said about me and look where I'm at now. So I don't know. We'll see, but um, very excited to see what happens with, with, with him. Anyways, final call, unless we get a caller in the next couple minutes, is, you guessed it, Mr. Thomas Austin. All right, I guess I can ask some questions that aren't related about me. Oh, boy. Question number one is, if you were to give people five movies to kind of describe you as a person, oh my goodness, what movies would you give out? Next question is, what would be your island bander artist? And what that means is you're stranded on an island. Sorry, I pushed the wrong button. Did you say second question? We're getting into second question already. So five movies that describe me as a person? I have no idea. Um, I don't even know how it would describe me not using movies. What the heck am I supposed to say? American movie would make sense just because it's a couple of Wisconsin guys that are Packer fans. Phenomenal movie, by the way. If you have not seen it, I freaking love that movie with a passion. It's a documentary about guys who are making a very low-budget film. He's an aspiring filmmaker. The guy's flat broke, lives with his mom in Wisconsin. Just incredible characters in that uh, documentary. I, I just, I absolutely love it. And you get to see the Packers win the Super Bowl because it took place at that time period. But it's so unbelievably nostalgic, and it's just my kind of movie. I really, really like it. In fact, I'm just going to give movie recommendations of of maybe lesser-known movies because I don't know how to answer your question. Another really, really good movie that has that same kind of uh, melancholy feel to it, which I've realized I kind of like. It's kind of a, it's kind of a sad, depressing kind of thing, but really good is is a movie called I think it's called Always Outnumbered, Always Outgunned with uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne, great movie. Um, I don't know if I have three more. I know one that I really liked when I was a kid that I recently found, and I watched about three minutes of it, and I turned it off because it was so bad, but I was a huge fan of it. Um, I think it was called Crash and Burn, something like that. It had to do with, like, these robots. It was, like, Robot Wars or something. I don't know what it was, but I thought it was super cool when I was a kid, so I guess we could use that one to describe me because it represents kind of my childhood. And if we're going to describe me, which I'm going to start to move back into your your thing, it doesn't describe me as a person, but kind of gives you a little bit of a background. Probably go with It. Just because I was obsessed with horror as a kid, my dad was constantly watching like horror movies and stuff, wanted me to watch like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or whatever. But the one I really liked was It. Phenomenal movie. Gave me horrific nightmares as a little kid, which is probably why you shouldn't show little kids horror movies. But I had such bad nightmares, especially with It. He was always in my nightmares. By the way, speaking of, I haven't had a dream like this in a long time. Have you ever had dreams where you're being tickled and you can legitimately feel it and you can't wake up? Those are, some of those dreams I still remember. One of them was, I was at like my grandma's house and I know it was there at some point and I think I hid like in a closet and my grandma and my aunt were in that closet and it was like super like freaky, like they were not normal, like they were possessed kind of thing and grabbed me and started tickling me and I couldn't get away. I think I was tied and it was just, it was like, I can't get away from this. Didn't like being tickled either. So that was probably why I was, it was another version of a nightmare. Anyways, what do we have? Four movies? Crash and Burn, It, American Movie, and uh, Always Outnumbered, Always Outgunned, or whatever. Probably just throw in like a Will Ferrell movie just for the, the stupid comedy. You know, Blades of Glory or something. I don't know. We, we got to get through this here. So next question was about Desert Island music, I think. One band or one artist, what would it be? 
don't think about the logistics of how you can listen to this. Okay. Just go with the flow. All right. Uh, Desert Island, one band or one artist. So this is what I have to listen to for the rest of my life. Uh, probably has to be something that has a lot of good songs, so it can kind of be diversified a little bit. Something that kind of holds up that I'm not getting sick of. I don't know, man. I haven't listened to music in a while, and everything that I can think of is not really what I want to listen to like right now, but at the same time, stuff that I would like now, I'm, I'm going to be tired of in about five minutes. I feel like Guns N' Roses holds up pretty well. They don't have a massive library of music. I was actually surprised to see how little they've put out, but I don't really get tired of it aside from like the major hits. Like Paradise City has been old for the last like 20 years. I instantly turn that off when I hear it. It's just such a, I'm not saying it's a bad song, but oh my goodness. I just completely burned out on that one. But the the Chinese whatever thing, the newer album, I've recently discovered is is really, really good. I've ignored it forever because I'm like, I'm not listening to your new released album because that's stupid. Come to find out it might be like one of their best. Well, obviously, because they've made like four or five albums. The only one that sucks is the spaghetti one, you know, whatever that's called. But the the new one is fantastic. It really, really is good, which is surprising because they release one, you know, 20 years later and you assume it's going to suck. It was pretty good. Question number three. If you are trying to get a person to be excited about the package, if like a person's like, hey, I'm new about getting into football. And- talking about Justin? And I'm curious to see why I should be a Packer fan. Like, if you were able to give them visual aid, you were to show... Are you telling me i got to make a PowerPoint, dude? I hate school stuff so much. ...them specific individual players and their highlights. You cannot choose Aaron Rodgers, but you can choose literally anyone throughout the history of the Packers. So I guess I have to eliminate Favre, too. Yeah, I was going to say. Because it's just too obvious. Too obvious of an answer. Uh, so you get how many, let's narrow it to three. Three is kind of, you know, my thing. Uh, so you give three people, like, you give a person highlights of three different Packers throughout history to be like, hey, here is why. Go ahead and do that. Okay. All righty. All right. Bye. Bye. Um... Three players' highlights. Reggie White has got to be on there. Just an absolute, the, the highlights of him throwing people with one arm, absolutely unmatched. Um, there has to be at least one wide receiver. I'm just trying to pick the right one. Sterling Sharp would be cool, but he's had a shorter career. Devontae obviously would be on that list. Jordy, I think, should be on the list just because of some of the catches he made or so. Some of those, like, you know, I I still to this day think as far as like a mind meld goes, I think Rodgers and Jordy had a slightly better mind meld than Devontae and Rodgers. And it's it's very close. And I, I'll fully acknowledge that Devontae was a better receiver, but just they were just cheating out there with some of those back shoulders and some of the, you know, just basically throwing balls out of bounds and Jordy just falls out of bounds and catches them. Just stupid stuff. But as weird as it sounds, I'm contemplating defenders. Clay Matthews makes sense. I think he had a very small window of being a dominant player. But he's such a fun player. And if you're trying to win somebody over, just the whole predator thing, the way he sacked people was such fierce violence. And then his celebration after was just so glorious. And then also Charles Woodson. It seems like it should be three offensive players considering it's the Packers, but it's hard to not pick those three. But in reality, I think the historic element should come into play too. And again, as much as you would think Bart Starr would make sense or whatever, I kind of think of somebody like Ray Nitschke would pretty be pretty awesome. You get the historic aspect of it, but you can also encapsulate the physicality of the game back then. So it really is like all defenders in my mind. So official, my official answer, Reggie has to be on the list. I think I will go Nitschke, and then I'll probably... We really wish it was just five. It would make it easier. I'll, I'll probably, because we're going through the eras, right? Old school defense, Nitschke. Just smoking people. Fast forward to the dominance of the 90s. You know, you're representing the three different eras. You got the Bart Starr era. You've got the Brett Favre era, where we're using Reggie White. And then we got the Aaron Rodgers era, and I can't use Aaron Rodgers, but for the sake of, first of all, balancing out offense and defense and better representing the eras, right? The, the 90s defense probably was slightly better than the offense. The 
Bart Starr, Vince Lombardi era was very defensive focused. And then the modern era is more about passing. So I probably would do, we'll just, we'll just go Devante. So it pains me to not have Charles Woodson in there, but I think I have to, especially if you're telling me I can't use Favre. I got to go Reggie and probably the best player in the Rodgers era, not named Rodgers, has got to be Devante. So we'll go with that. There you go. There's my final answer. Anyways, we didn't get any more calls, so I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a glorious day. I will be back for some more tomorrow. Make sure you call in 608-501-0718 if you want to steer the conversation in a different direction. Take the bull by the horns and make it happen. Otherwise, have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 